Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. For for forty days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing in all those days, during those days. And when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to, come be to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority. For it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve, him, serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself off from here, down from here, to protect you. He will command his angels to protect you, concerning him to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put your Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. The word of God for the people of God. Thank you, Walker. We appreciate that. So today our passage is about the temptation of Jesus. And you've probably heard this passage before at many different times. And we tend to focus on the temptations that he receives or the way he responds to them. But today our focus is actually on the fact that this comes at the end of Jesus having spent 40 days in the wilderness. After Jesus was baptized by John the baptizer in the Jordan River, when he came up out of there, the Spirit of the Lord drove him away into the wilderness. More than likely, he went to an area called Qumran, where a sect of Judaism called the Essenes lived in the desert. They had a very aesthetic life, like they um, lived in caves, and they dined in quiet, and they spent a lot of time meditating and reading scripture and praying. Um, they engaged in ritual baths, and so Jesus may have gone for a short time, 40 days, to spend with that community in preparation for launching his ministry. Now, in the Bible, 40 days, you see that comes up a good bit, the number 40. It can also be an idiom for longer than a month, but less than a year. So it doesn't have to necessarily be 40 days and 40 nights. In the same way we would talk about the past and say, that was 100 years ago. Well, maybe not literally 100 years ago, but it feels like a long time ago. 40 days is a good long period of time that Jesus spends in the desert by himself talking to God, praying, listening, getting in contact with the Father in preparation for launching the difficult ministry that is coming. Jesus paused before doing that. Now I remind you that we believe that Jesus was God come in the flesh. We believe in a God in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So God, when God puts on human flesh, still needs to take a pause and be sure that he's ready for what's coming. That always says to me that if God needs a pause, I may need a pause. 
Now, we'll tell you that the original name of this particular sermon was called Hover, and I just didn't like the word hover, so we changed it to the word pause. Although I have to tell you, last night as I was dreaming, getting ready for this, instead of building a bedspread for it, I pictured us coming in on hovercrafts, like down the center aisle on one of those kind of things. I thought, well, that could go really, really badly for all of us. But this idea of pausing, this idea is not like rest. We're going to talk about when you need to take a break, stop focusing on something, clear your mind and do something else. This is a pause to focus on what you're wanting to do. We have discovered that multitasking is really not helpful. I was coming through high school and college at a time where they were trying to get us to multitask. Learn to read and watch this and listen to this and while you're cooking, have this going. Well, you know what happens when I try to vacuum and cook at the same time? I vacuum up the carpet and I burn the food. You know what happens when I try to read and watch TV at the same time? I don't get what I'm reading and I miss the TV show. And then I ask Joseph, what just happened? What did, and he, watch the show or don't watch the show, but don't ask me to catch you up if you're not going to watch. I have discovered that the older I get, the more I find other things distracting. Like, I have a difficult time having a conversation in a restaurant if the background music is too loud. I can't always focus on stuff. And some of us, that's our personality from the time that we're born. We need to be able to focus. We need to stop and think for just a second. I confessed last week to somebody that this entire sermon series is stretching me. I'm not as comfortable with creativity as maybe I should be. Um, I, I shared last week that when I was scrapbooking, which I don't get to do a lot of now, I couldn't come up with the original layout for the pictures and stuff. But if somebody else had done one, I could do what we call casing it. And the C-A-S-E stood for copy and steal everything. I could do that with my own pictures now that I've seen that. I could change the colors. Theirs could have been a soccer layout. Mine could be Christmas. I could adapt it, but the original creativity. And so I've been trying to learn to embrace this idea of creativity. This year, reading through the scriptures, it struck me that the prophets are artists. They use poetry. They use song. They use theater and performance. They use street art. They use dioramas and pictures and metaphor, all to say to the people what God is saying to us and to them. There's room for creativity because God is a creator God who is created with diversity and differences. And even God paused. God didn't create everything at one time. The celebration of God's creation in the Bible, the first one that happens in the seven days, don't show God doing it all on the first day. God creates and lets it happen, lets it unfold there. And we too sometimes need to pause. Often we think that pause is wasted time. If we know what we need to do, if we've made a decision, then let's be about the doing it. That is so me. Like, let's just, let's just get it done. But sometimes we need to stop. Is there something we haven't seen? 
Is there a pitfall that we haven't anticipated that if we step in that hole will derail us? Or we step on that landmine and it will explode? Have we paused to be sure that what we're planning is a good plan? Sometimes we need to pause. I don't know about you, but when I was a child, I loved building bedspread forts. It wasn't so much with a bedspread, it was with sheets that I would go take out of the closet, spread them over things. I have to tell you, my mother hated this. She just hated it. And I think, I wonder why. I'm betting that the reason why is because I didn't clean it up when I was done. She had that sheet folded nicely. And now I have wadded it up and I've drug it across the floor and I've probably gotten cookies on it. And now she's going to wash what was a perfectly clean sheet. But there was something about this that was so much fun. And I used to love to build them in the den and I would hide in my fort and read or eat my snack. It was one of the only places mother would let me eat outside the kitchen there. But I also loved that I could listen from in there. Without really feeling like I'm part of what's happening outside the fort, I could hear the stuff that was going on. And my favorite was to eavesdrop on my mom, particularly if she was on the phone or if she had had a friend over. Because I grew up, for those of you who are younger, in those days where the phone was connected to the wall by a long cord. And so mother would be sitting in a chair by the phone to talk on it, not doing like I do, which is walk around and do stuff. But pausing, taking that time to take a breath, to check in with God, to see what's happening, is a little bit like being in that fort. Being able to hear what's going on around us, but to pause with God and check in. To be sure that what we've heard is good. That it's right, that we've heard correctly, that we haven't missed part of it. The world we live in today values instant action and instant gratification. And the problem is, many of the most meaningful things in life don't happen that way. Someone doesn't become your best friend after the first time you go eat lunch or the first time you go fishing together. That kind of friendship happens over the course of much time spent together. As you do things and talk and share and feel safe and share more. You don't get training in a particular career field or a degree overnight. It takes day after day of showing up to the training, learning, failing, learning to do it better, trying again, getting feedback. You take class after class after class to get a degree. And God asks us to do that in His world. To invest in people, in carrying the mission and the ministry of Christ to the world around us. And often we want that to be instant gratification. We want to do it, what we've always done, like some have done it before. Um, there are some people who love to go to the Walmart in Gadsden. And they roll up in their van and they stand on top of it and they either yell with a megaphone or now they have a sound system, they roll the speakers out. And they yell scripture at people and they yell at them that if you don't have Jesus, you're going to die and go to hell. And we don't want you to go to hell. Come, let us tell you how to come to Jesus. I'm incredibly curious how many people run over to the van. I'm not saying that nobody does because the Holy Spirit can do anything the Holy Spirit wants to do and reaches any way and anyhow at any time. 
He wants to. But I'm wondering if that's effective. Because when I hear people's stories about how they came to a church or how they came to faith in Christ or how they grew or how they changed something in their life that wasn't aligned with God, whether it is addiction or anything else, what I hear them talk about is someone who invested with them longer, who got to know them, who spent time with them, who sat with them, and their grief or their pain or their loneliness. So much of life can't be instant. It has to be invested in. And we need to be willing to pause. The pause and the play of children is not unproductive, for in playing they learn. They learn a lot of principles about how heavy something can be before it topples it over. How many books it takes to weight that down so it doesn't slide right off. They learn about physics. I got a call from a relative shortly after we had moved into the old home place in Glencoe after we were building a house. And Aunt Doris called and she's like, they are, your boys are on top of the storage container, on top of the storage building. I said, okay, they're going to fall. Yeah, they may. Once. They're going to learn something about gravity when they do. But play is also instructive. It helps us. Creativity gets our juices flowing to think out of the box, to think of something that we haven't seen before. And often we have to silence the noise, the background soundtrack, and focus. God, what are you saying to me? There's so much to do. There's so much that needs to be done. What do you need me to do right now? That's how I feel when I turn on the news or I read the newspaper or I look around. There's so much that people need. I can't do it all. We can't do it all. We can do more together than we can individually. But what does God need us to do? And the only way I'm going to discover what God wants me to do and us to do is to pause. Be willing to look unproductive. Be willing to look silly. To find the creative solution that God wants me to be involved with. How is God calling you to pause, to listen, to discover the creative solution that God wants you to be involved with? Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, Remind us once again of your creativity. How you have created each of us unique. And you invite us to come away and spend time with you. To prepare, just as Jesus did for having spent time with you, to find himself prepared for whatever came his way. He could not be distracted he could not be pulled away from what you had for him because he had paused, gotten clear, gotten committed. Help us to do likewise. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.